Hey everyone, this is Corinne Lafont, your favorite radio host, your only radio host and favorite girl, of course, broadcasting to you from the lovely island of Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean on Between the Lines. And you know, I always start my show off with gratitude, or some people will say thankfulness. You know, um, I am grateful to be here. It's another day. Yes? And can you imagine? We're basically finished with June. Half of the year is upon us. Yes, and another half is upon us. So if you haven't been able to accomplish what you set out in the first half, you have another half. Don't make it miss you. Yeah? Push, 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 and believe that you can get it done. Yes? So I am so grateful to be here. It's another day. Under a lot of stress, I think that's pushing my heart a bit more. Testing, testing my aliveness today. <laughs> But I'm still grateful to be here to, you know, my, my purpose is not yet done. I know it. I feel it. So I, I have a mission. I have a purpose and I must see it through. I am thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the people that come into my life. One of which is looking at you right now, Athena Parrish. She's such a beautiful woman. She will share a bit about herself. But before she does that, let me tell you a quick bit about her. She sent me such a beautiful short bio. Um, that that really covers everything. She says, Athena divided her childhood between Mozambique, where she was born, and South Africa, where she now resides. Beautiful. Filled with curiosity, she developed an avid interest in storytelling, which led to a lifelong relationship with the written word and books. Her novels, Love and Madness, Night Kisses, When Danny Smile, and All I Ever Wanted, Jesse, are voyages of self-discovery while dealing with complicated relationships in an imperfect world. So welcome, Athena, to Between the Lines. Thank you very much. Nice yes. to be here. Yes, it's great to have you. Listen, you are, tell us a bit about living in, in Mozambique. I know you're living in South Africa. What is that like? Um, well, Mozambique is kind of the same as South Africa because it was very long time ago. It was when I was a child, actually. And I only was there until I was about 14. Um, my father believed, because Portuguese is my first language. Nice. So my father believed that I should learn my own culture and my own language. So he, the only way I could do that was to go to the nearest country, which is Mozambique, because we did not have Portuguese schools in South Africa. Wow. And hence I ended up being in boarding schools most of my preteen years okay. and so that is how that happened so I spent a lot of time in convents so that is even more restricting than normal boarding schools yeah so my flights of fantasy was living in books oh wow wow I I could relate a bit to boarding I when I was going to university here in Trinidad I I stayed on hall we call it hall which is like a boarding you know you're living mm -hmm. away from your parents. You're not really commuting to and from every day. So I, I could mm -hmm. relate to that. The culture is different, but I wouldn't trade in the experience for the world. I think it's, it's a good experience. It's different. You know, it might um, contain you a bit, keep you away from certain things that happens in the world. But yeah. I don't know. I, I lived among so many different nationalities that we, we also had the exposure from people from different countries. So we were exposed that way, you know? 
yeah, it's a very good experience when you were a little bit more of an adult, mm -hmm. but for a child in a preteen, yeah. it was very uh, difficult because yeah. you still want to be at home with mom and your little brother. So you want to be doing those things that are, you know, in the family yeah. area, you know, so it's very hard on the young a child to be away from home all those years and just come and visit. You just visit your family. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. That's lovely. I think, and I think the experience brought out the best in you in writing because you would have had a lot of time to write, um, yes. to fantasize, to create your characters, to decide how yes. the sort of setting that you would want to create. Don't you think so? Well, I didn't start writing too early. Mm -hmm. uh, funnily enough, but my imagination was wild back then <laughs> as well. I was always fantasizing about adventures. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't putting it down on paper, but I was thinking about stories all the time. Mm -hmm. And then later on, I realized that it was in me because I was writing it down everywhere, books, papers, sticking pictures, creating little diaries with all kinds of characters and settings. And then I realized, no, this is a trait of a writer. I need to start putting these things together and actually create something that makes sense. Nice. You know? So, so you, you started writing at, at what point? How long ago have you started writing? Because you have four books in hand, I think, right now that I called out. Yeah. So I started writing in my 20s. Wow. Then. So, but as I say, I would get an idea, so I, I'd put it down. So mm -hmm. I'd, I'd take notes. Um, if I was somewhere in a restaurant and I suddenly got an idea, I would write it on the serviette. And <laughs> then I would take that home, you know, in my handbag. Then I would go and look at it and say, what did I actually really mean when I was, and I would dream storylines. And then I would wake up in the middle of the night and then I would actually um, put that down. I had a notebook on my bedside table. So I would put, take notes of what I dreamt, figuring out them in the morning. Sometimes you can't remember what it is you know yeah. what you will never do that never do that never say as a writer you're going to come back to it later it ne it's never the same you really need to have a, yeah. a bedside table and, and it's right there sometimes the, the book must be under the pillow because just to reach over to the side table is too much you really have to have it accessible to you oh my goodness wow what a life of a writer you're just writing down things wherever you go do you do you have friends that you hang out with and when an idea comes to you and you want to write it down do you interrupt the conversation and say hey I, I just one second just one second I need to put this down do you find that happening to you sometimes yeah and you just say yeah carry on I'm listening and then you actually <laughs> say, I'm listening it's like you become a multitasker Yes. You can't forget that idea, but your other part of the brain is then listening to the other person. <laughs> so you kind of do that. Says, continue. I can hear you. I'm listening. <laughs> and you're kind of writing down while they're saying something. And you're like, I hope I'm not writing the words that they're saying down. In yeah. the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you so. mentioned in the bio that true self-discovery and, and relationships 
you were able to develop your storyline. So a lot of your characters setting your books and the title is coming from your own personal experience. Um, is that, is that, am I correct in saying so? Yes, I've discovered, I, I'm an observer. Mm -hmm. I'm a quiet person. I'm kind of shy as well. And I like to observe people. So if I go somewhere, I like to sit and watch people and imagine things about that person. So from the way they present themselves, from the way they look and the way they speak, mm -hmm. I like to imagine what is in their world. What do they do? What kind of character? Are they nice people? Are they compassionate? Mm -hmm. Do they speak with a soft voice? Are they domineering, booming, narcissist? Yeah. What kind of a person am I looking at? Mm -hmm. And then from that, I try to create stories and plots, you know, of how am I going to make that man who needs to learn a few lessons <laughs> to this kind and sweet girl who would never run into a man like this mm -hmm. in her life because this is some tycoon and this is just a girl who's baking cake at her aunt's place so how would these two people meet meet and the and the thing would be by her serving at his party mm -hmm. coming to a party at his big company and somehow something's gonna happen that these two people meet and she's going to make an impression on this man who always gets his way. And now all of a sudden, here's a girl who says, look, I'm not as a big shot as you, but I don't take orders from anyone. If you want me, you're going to work for it. Oh. I'm not going to give myself away to you for nothing. Yeah. You want something, you work for it. The same way you work to build that company, you're going to work to get me. Yes, yes. So yes. that's my that. way of seeing things. Mm. I love that. I love that because you're, you're, you're watching people coming from a different, different status, different level, different background. And who really is in control here? Is it the man or is it the woman? You know, exactly. she, she, yeah, who really is in control? And it's not a control in a negative way. It's really, no. she has standards. She, yes. she has boundaries and she knows her value, I think is more, more like it. She knows her value and she's not going to compromise her value just because he may have money, a car, a house, flashy, whatever. She knows her value. It's because it comes from our differences of mm -hmm. uh, what we represent as men and women. Mm -hmm. Men come from the position of power mm -hmm. and being the caregiver. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they always think they need to be doing things for others, even when not asked. Mm -hmm. And women come from the emotional side. We are uh, a kind of ear. You know, when you listen to the same situation from a man's point of view, the man might explode straight away, reacting to the situation. Whereas the woman might say, no, no, just let's listen. Let, let's mm -hmm. hear it out. Let's see mm -hmm. what, what yeah. are the actual facts in the story. And then let's make, so the two complement each other because 
you can't always be soft. You need the assertiveness of a man sometimes. Mm-hmm. And a man can't always be like that. Sometimes they need the softness of a woman. Yes. Yes, yes we need a balance. That's the whole thing about relationships and living on this. Exactly. We need a balance. It cannot be one toppling over. That's right. That's yeah. right. Love and madness, night kisses when Danny smiled and all I ever wanted, Jesse. They seem more romance novels type. Uh, yes? Yes. yes? Very good. So you would consider yourself that type of, of genre, romance? Yes. yes. I like romance. I like romance because romance is, by nature, is a very positive type of story. Mm. It has to have a happy ending. Who doesn't want to be uplifted with a book that when you finish that book, you can smile yes. because things worked out. Things were bad, but then they turned good. Yes. It was a positive outcome. Yes. And there's romance in real life every single day. That's why we exist. Yes. There are love stories all the time around us. Yes. So men that oh no romance it's just a woman's thing oh please show me an action movie that does not have a romance of course you know there's always romance in there because yes. once the man is in there the woman is going to come at some point in time <laughs> so yeah i don't understand the thing of sweeping off romance because a romance book as i say by nature is a happy you know ending yeah yeah you yeah. know so I mean, 84% of women read romance. That's true. But it's over a billion dollar business. That's right. You can't tell me that this is a sweep under the rug kind of business. Who wants to throw that kind of money away? You know you've got a market when there's that kind of money involved in it. But people are searching for love, for money, for for freedom. These are the things that people are searching for. They want freedom, they want love, they want money. Once they have that, they're happy. (laughs) Yes, because uh, romance is how to find a companion, um, how to um, uh, understand, how to fix mistakes that you made in the past. Because in many romances, the people involved, they come with very bad uh, baggage. Mm -hmm. So they now assuming every woman is like this, every man is like this. She's going to take, she's only a gold digger. He's uh, too domineering. He's like this. He's going to boss me and all those kind of things. So um, in romance, we are finding our better selves. Mm -hmm. How to become better people because you've learned from your past mistakes and you you come together and you try not to repeat them again. Because yeah. you've been burned before, so you don't want to do it again. Because you yeah. never know, this might be the good one. You know? <laughs> that's, so. that's how we move forward, Athena. This might be the right one. This might be the one. You know, and we go yeah. with risk. We go with our heart, whether broken yeah. or otherwise. We take the chance again. And that's what love is about. You know, taking the risk. Exactly. Putting ourselves back out there, being vulnerable. That's really yes. what it is. As much as some people try to protect themselves, live in a bubble, don't interact, yes. they, feel, they feel they're doing themselves good. But I don't yes. agree with that. I, I believe as human beings, we are meant to have companionship. We are meant to be loved. We are meant to give love. Because 
God yes. to me, I mean, I serve a God. God is love. And this is what he wants that for all of us. Mm. Exactly. He wants for all of us. Everything revolves around love. I don't care what anybody else says. That is what I feel and know. Everything exactly. emanates from love. Once you have yes. that, everything else flows. Everything yes. else flows. Exactly. So you, you got connected with James Hill, who was on my show uh, recently, yes. and some years back, I think 2014, he was one of my first guests on my show, yes. and he came back yes. on. I mean, the transition of that man and growth. He's, he's now started his own publishing company. I'm so proud of him. He's doing so well. And you're part of his team now as his editor-in-chief. Isn't that awesome? Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna touch on that editor in chief role because I want persons to have an understanding. Should they come to to Rock Hill Publishing, which belongs to James Hill and and you as part of the team, should they come there? What is expected of their manuscript when you, when when you when they when you meet the criteria or what is the criteria? If you can give us a quick rundown of the criteria you're looking for as the editor in chief for persons who want to be published on the Rock Hill Publishing? What are you looking for? Obviously, every writer believes in his heart that his story is the best, that nobody's ever thought of this amazing idea to put down on paper. And it's true. Everybody's got a story to tell. The difference is in the telling of the story. Now, a story has very, spe uh, very specific um, schematic so to speak it must have a beginning must have a middle must have an end must have a good beginning because you need to hold you to grab the attention of your readers must have a good middle somewhere because you can't keep on rambling you need to still hold your readers and must have a good end so you give a good satisfaction to your readers so a, an editor, I always believe that he's like, um, um, an editor is a bridge. Mm -hmm. You take the writer's desire, mm -hmm. mix it with the standard of the publisher, and you give the reader the expectation. So when you take those three together, the writer's desire is to be published, to be famous. Everybody must know his story. But the publisher's got standards, yeah. you know, so that must be followed. And the reader's got the expectation of how great this book is going to be. So you have to balance all these three. So now you take the manuscript and you start reading. A lot of young writers, by young I mean in the business, not young by age. Mm -hmm. So new writers, they tend to... Consider the words holy, so mm. to speak. Yeah. They love their words. And when you tell them that you need to delete things, it is sacrilege to them. Oh, hold on, Atina. It's a labor of love. And remember, yeah, we're talking I about understand. love. It's a labor but, of love. It's their baby. They but in a story, yes. you, have to have, you have to have a plot. You have to have a setting that makes sense. You have to have characters, maybe have a theme. And you can't get confused of what a plot and a theme is. You mm -hmm. have to know the difference between the two. Where's your beginning? Where's your middle? Where's your end? In other words, 
what is your hero looking for? Your hero, and doesn't matter who the main character is in your story. So what is the desire of the main character? And then what comes between the desire and the achievement? So when I'm reading the stories, I'm keeping all these things in mind to see if all these elements are in the story, or is it just a lot of events that take you from point A to point Z? Mm -hmm. That is not a story. A story is an actual reason mm -hmm. to unravel mm -hmm. your desire to get to the goal, you see. So that is what I look for when I'm, I'm listening reading. to you. That's my alarm. That's my alarm. Sorry. Okay. Uh -huh. I'm listening it's to you. I'm so sorry about that. Mm -hmm. No, you do. It's okay. I know it happens. <laughs> yeah. It's so knocks on the door. Things oh, yeah. falling suddenly. No, don't yeah. worry. Last Sunday we had a booming fire right here, two houses down. It was scary oh my so, goodness things happen yes. things happen I, I thought it was fireworks i look out the window and there's this huge fire eating up trees and everything <laughs> but so, everybody is safe was nobody was hurt was anybody hurt no nobody was hurt thank, oh, thank them. God. we yeah. called the fire brigade wonderful wonderful so we're yeah. talking about a journey and we're talking about you being a bridge yes. for yes. for for the writer, the publisher, as well as the, the reader. And I like how you put it because it puts you in the, in, the, in the shooting, what do you call it now? The shooting ground because, yes, yes because you are really doing some significant work that you have to make sure that the readers are pleased as well as you're trying to please the writer who has given you their labor of love, don't yes. want to change anything. You know, they, they cringe at the thought of making any changes or deleting a whole chapter or a section, shifting, you know, they really go through a torturous time. But yeah. what, what's, the, what's the percentage of time that a work is accepted at Rock Hill Publishing? So let's say that I send in my work. What has been the history thus far? We've had more or less a kind, I would say about a 50-50 Mm -hmm. that some works what we do mm -hmm. that I think maybe is a little bit different than the big five publishers yeah. is every time we read something, I will actually write a letter to the new writer mm -hmm. and explain why mm -hmm. the work is not acceptable yet. Okay. And I make suggestions. Yeah. I explain to them. So instead wow. of sitting and writing a letter of rejection, which is one of the hardest things oh that anybody who's really trying hard to do something that, like you say, it's a labor of love. You poured your heart into all of this. And now to be told, uh, at this moment, we are not interested or it's not yeah. good. That's Thanks, goodbye. Yeah. That's, that's what that's that you get. That, you yeah. get. Yeah. that is a horrible, horrible letter yeah. to get. 
Yeah. They can be tears, disappointment, yeah. uh, thinking that I'll never amount to anything. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. And it yeah. might be the most lovely writer hiding in there. Yeah. So you that, that reminds me. That reminds me of how you write your characters in your book. Sorry for cutting you, because we are talking love. You are a romance novelist. Yeah. And we are talking yeah. somebody's work is a labor of love. And to be yeah. rejected within a relationship or mm -hmm. when you submit in your labor of love, your work exactly. to, to be accepted, it's really hard. Yeah. Nobody likes rejection. Nobody wants no. to feel less of. Nobody wants yeah. to feel they're not good, that they're not yeah. worthy. You know, yeah. they have no exactly. value. Nobody wants to feel that, whether in a relationship or yeah. in submitting your work, because it really is a painful experience. So, yes, yeah, so in, um, for me, it's, I will let you know that your work is not acceptable yet mm -hmm. because you need to do certain things. Mm -hmm. And I'll explain what I have a whole standard letter plus I do mm -hmm. an entire evaluation of the manuscript and I'll explain. Your plot needs this. Your characters need this. What you did well and what you are lacking wow. in. Work on this. Mm -hmm. Work on your spelling. Mm -hmm. Work on your grammar. Your sentence construction. Learn how to format. Yeah. Go and look at books that are in the genre you are interested in. Yeah. Study them. Mm -hmm. In other words, how they say, copy is the best um, compliment you can pay anyone. So if you want to write horror, read a few Stephen King books yeah. Yeah. and see how he does it. Now take your own ideas and follow the, because there's a pattern. Yes. Learn the pattern that's in there. So don't copy the story, but learn the pattern. Yeah. Follow the pattern. And you will start eventually producing work that is good and it might not even be accepted by us. Later on, you could send it to one of the big five publishers mm -hmm. and they'll say, wow, it's great because you learned how to do it. Yeah. So my thing is teach. When you can, teach yeah. someone something and what treat I'm, them with kindness. I love that. What I'm picking up from you is that that makes it different between Rock Hill Publishing and a lot of other publishing houses. You're, you're yes. treating people with kindness. You're giving, even if you're rejecting them, you're not rejecting them outwardly. It's not really a rejection. It's a lesson. It's, it's, yes. it's, we're showing you where you need to do more work. Exactly. Um, you have the potential, but it will take time. And I think yes. that will go over better with someone than yes. if you just outrightly reject them yes. and they don't know where they need to work what they yeah. need to work on, you know, that type of thing, even though mm -hmm. it might take them a while. Now, if I get a letter like that from you with those type of things to work on, and I'm a new author, I'm not fresh out on the block, do you yeah. guys at Rock Hill Publishing or do you personally offer a sort of coaching um, to help these new writers to work through those deficiencies? Yes. If we see that, because remember, the way something is written does not necessarily, um, it can be very badly written because some people cannot spell. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to construct sentences uh, properly or things like that. So that's one kind of problem. But sometimes you're reading under the mistakes that this is actually a brilliant story under here. 
the ideas that are surrounding this story are actually fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then you help that person. You say to, you explain to them, look, you've got an excellent story here, but your writing is bad. Yeah. Therefore, you need to work on it. If it's a genre, because remember, we only uh, uh, publish four genres at the moment. Yeah. So if we read something that falls in a genre that is not under our banner mm-hmm. at all, but we see that there is it's good writing and there's potential. We tell them to work on it. Mm-hmm. And then we tell them that they should, for example, um, send it to, to the specific, because remember, there are publishers that publish specific yeah. genres. Yeah. So we tell them, please go and find those publishers because your story will stand su- such a good a better um, chance, yeah. Yes. So if you send it to the correct publishers, mm-hmm. they might pick you up. But please work on this before yeah. you do. So we yeah. suggest to them, we encourage them to work on it, make it better, so that they can produce the best work that they can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I think I think the whole culture of Rock Hill Publishing and the work that you and James are doing is awesome. Because I'm, I'm quite familiar with, you know, pitching your work, sending in, you know, sending in yes. work for, for, you know, to, to be awarded a contract, which is what most people would want to do, have a contract. Because to go the self-publishing route, as you know, you have to put yes. out your cost up front, whereas with, with a contract, you're not doing that, you know? Yes. Um, but this, this is great, Athena. So your work, let's come back to your work now. How has your books, how have your books been doing? Um, in terms of sales and reviews and that type of thing, what has been happening with your work? You know, this is interesting because I have to admit, I'm not very good at selling anything. <laughs> All I ever wanted to do was just write and that some people like it yeah. and they're happy to read my stories. That mm-hmm. was my thing. I'm not a marketer. I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. Uh, I can't really sell anything. I can't really, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I'm yeah. more uh, an encourager kind yeah. of person. <laughs> I'm good at that. You know, Most I can encourage awesome. people. I can help them. I used to teach yes. uh, for a while as well. So, yeah. That was always my thing. You, you always notice you're clever students, you're not so clever students, but you encourage those and you push them for them to see that they can do better That's than right. what they're even expecting themselves to do. Yeah, you most see. authors are not marketers or promoters yes. of their own work. Some of them are, they don't even want to speak about their own work. They just, they just want to sit down and write and let somebody else do the work. Exactly. You know? That's okay. But yeah, so unfortunately, what happened, it's great when you are published by the big five because they have machines. Yeah. By machines, I mean there's a cog for everything. everything. There's marketing, yes. editing, covers, uh, you know, everything's got managers and assistants yeah. and yeah. Yeah. all these. They Wonderful. have resources. They so, have resources. Yeah. You see, so a writer who gets with a traditional publisher, which is what everybody wants, mm-hmm. gets this amazing support, entire team that comes with it. Yeah. But things have changed. 
Now they're self-publishing, vanity publishing, yeah. indie publishing, or hybrid publishing, hybrid publishing, all sorts exactly. of exactly. Yeah. Now what happens is the writer needs to learn a lot of these things mm -hmm. to be able to do it for themselves because there yeah. is no team. Yeah. So how yeah. do you do these things? Yeah. So yeah. unfortunately, what happens is if you have a dual role as well, if you are a writer and an editor, you know, you end up kind of, you are writing, but you kind of spending more time on that side because in your heart, you love helping people helping. anyway. Yeah. yeah. So for you, it's like, I want to help these people. I want to help them write. You know, even if we don't take their books, let me help them. Let, the, let us give them encouragement. That's right. You know? That's right. So, one, one question as we, as we rounding up, and before I go over to your website, you, you're a writer. You have, you're an author. You have four books out published. You're yes. an editor. Do you find yourself editing your own work or do you give your work out to somebody to edit? Because you know you're not supposed to self-edit your own work. There's a saying. <laughs> Write with your heart, edit with your brain. <laughs> and it is a kind of a little bit hard to do sometimes because being the writer, Every now and then I do meet those passages in my writing. Oh, but this is so nice. They're saying such nice words. And, oh, you know, it's such a lovely passage. Okay, as an editor, what do you say about this? Does this progress the story in any way? Whatever they're talking about here, is this a progression to the story? Or are they just waffling here? What's happening? Okay, goodbye. <laughs> and, then after, and then after I've done all of that, I send it to James. So you're your, own, you're your own critique. You're your own critique. Your worst critique. You're the <laughs> so yes. So I used to be not very good at it in the beginning because I didn't want to delete anything, which yeah. is why I understand what the writers are going through. Yeah. Yeah. Through being after being through it myself and having to do it to myself yeah. as well. Yes. Because yeah. that is exactly, now and then when I got rejection slips before, because they're not even letters, they slips. <laughs> rejection slips, which is worse, yes. the letters or the slips? Now and then somebody would say something to me. And then first I would huff, what? What did she say? You know, and then... I would calm down. Okay, what did she say? What is she actually talking about? Yeah. Let me go and look at it. So yeah. then I would look at the work. Mm -hmm. Okay, she's the professional. She's been doing this for a long time. Let me rework it. And yeah. then I would. And that taught me to yeah. edit, how to look at things away from the writer's eye. A dose of humility, a dose of humility, yes, a dose of humility, yes, a dose of humility. I want to hop across, I want to hop across to, to your website. Remind me of the website again, let me. Uh, it's authorathenaparis.com. One second, let me grab a page. Authorathenaparis.com. Uh, yeah, I have it here. 
Let me make sure I have the, yes. And your book comes straight up to my face when I open it up. Hold one second, let me share that screen. There we go. Are you seeing that? Yes. Yes, author Athena Paris, beautiful. All right. Yeah, so, I made that book. Yes, it looks nice. I like it. And I like the font. It's, yes. Yeah, I like the font. It's lovely. So let's go to your books here. You have Love and Madness. Let's do a quick yes. run through. Wow. Love and Madness. This looks, you know, at first look, this looks like somebody's chest with their hands yes. holding here. It is a straight jacket. Yes, like it's a straight jacket. A straight jacket, jacket yes. that I turned into a heart. Yes, I know it is. It, it feels like a, a straight. When I look at it, you know, like somebody's arms across. Yes. Yeah, and this is the chest. That is my first impression. I saw that. Yes. Yes. Nice. Love and madness. Let's look at the other one. Oops. Night kisses. taking a while to come up. Clearly night kisses is not supposed to be happening. No kisses in the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's supposed it's to be day kisses. Play. It's a little play on words there. Yes. Yeah. Probably you should have named it day kisses and it would have been up already. See? Yeah. Night kisses. This is nice. I love the simplicity of the cover. Nothing much. No, you know, it, it's, it's very dreamy. That's what I, I sense from it. It's very dreamy. Yes. Yes. I, I like simple. I yes. like uncomplicated. Yes. Yes. Let's see the other one. When Danny smiled. That one seems interesting to me. Oh my gosh, she has a shocking look. Very intense. Yeah. There's an intensity to it. Look at her eyes. Look at even the cut of her hair, very sharp. Yes. You know? Very it's a very smart young woman, that one. What was that? Sorry. A very smart young woman. That yes. one. Yeah, she looks very smart, intense and intelligent. I like the look, sharp. Yes. And let's see the final one. All I ever wanted, Jesse. Sounded as all I ever wanted, Jesse. Yeah. This is about two feuding families, a feud that's lasted for over 60 years. Oh my and God, that could, something could last that long? My goodness, is it worth it? Yes, right? So that is why it's got a subtitle of Jesse, because that's the modern day when the feud is full-blown, still going. And then book number two will be Juliet, which is this young lady's grandmother, how the feud began. Wow. You see, this is so. crazy. A feud is it worth it, Athena? Come on, a feud. Come on, don't you have better things to do with your time? <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. How how can you keep hate? Yes, how could you keep hating? I find that is yeah. You see, it's about what you teach your children and your grandchildren, because that's exactly what that story is about. Wow. Because when you read about it, you see how insane the, the whole thing came about. Of course. And how this one specific per person perpetuated this thing so horribly that these two families were kept away from each other for so long for something that one person with a 
part ridiculous. of the stone decided to create. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. A beautiful picture. You have beautiful eyes. Look at that. Thank beautiful you. Eyes. I mean, it, 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 it's so bright. You can actually see everything in your eyes, the blue. <laughs> oh, gosh. Beautiful, beautiful. And let me see how people can contact you. I love the page. I love the look. Yeah? Thank you. Persons can just put in your name and email and comment. Yes. Yes? So Pretty this is my little note to the to people. Yes. Yes, to keep them in, included and part of your list and to engage with you. This is lovely. Any yeah, final thought, words, Athena? You know, I, I thought that, you know, when you have a web page, you're supposed to say something to the people who come and visit instead of, thank you for visiting my page. Goodbye. Yeah. Buy yeah. my book. But, Buy my book. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just write a little note. Let people just feel nice and welcome. That's you know, to come and visit. That's page. what our website. That's what our website is about. Welcoming is your storefront. It's supposed yes. to reflect you, who you are. Yeah. Yes. 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 This is awesome. Any final words before we go? Well, thank you very much that you had me on. Um, I was a nervous wreck the entire day. To tell you, <laughs> these are not things that I like to do. <laughs> so, That's okay, but. You but you're still alive. You're breathing. You're still looking more beautiful. Yes, I than am. Ever. Yes. <laughs> and I thought I, I would be dead after this one or at least halfway or some catastrophe would have happened. Nothing Behind like that. Nothing done. like that. You, you look know? even better than when you came on. So you see, you need to do more of these so that you can look even more beautiful at the end of them. <laughs> but I'm Thank sure, James... James will be so proud of you. I am so sure of it. He's going to write me back and say, oh my God, that was a wonderful interview. I thank you so much, Athena. I thank you. Thank you. That you made me feel so relaxed and welcome. Yes. All my guests on my show say the same thing. And that's why they keep coming back on the show. Oh my goodness. This oh. is great. I'm, I'm thankful for the feedback. I'm, I'm honored to be able to do what I do and, and just serve a community and you know, it's one of my purpose, you know, to really help as many people, just like how you reach out to help others. We are in the service industry. It's the same thing with me. Whatever I can do to help in whatever capacity I have, the gifts that I have, I have a responsibility to help others. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's true. Yes. To use your God-given talent. That's what makes each one of us unique. You know, That's it's right. our talent. That's yeah. right. That's right. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here with you.